the Holiday Bowl's here, and uh, what exactly are we watching for? Or uh, more specifically, who are we watching for? Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm back. Did you miss me? Eh, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Because, yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And, by the way, thank you. You and thank you again for liking, commenting, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch this show. Seeking up the intro even threw me off a little bit. I hope it threw all of you off as well. So, Holiday Bowl is tonight. Ducks take on North Carolina, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I will be able to watch the entirety of the game. You may live tweet your thoughts and frustrations at me at will if you would like. I will choose at the time whether or not I decide to respond. But I think it's fair to ask after a disappointing nine and three regular season, which again, as a program is a pretty good place to be. What are we actually watching for in the holiday bowl? So I thought through, you know, the players, the things to watch for, and there are a number of them. And the biggest one that legitimately came to my mind is a question that, that we've asked ourselves many a times over the last, mm, I don't know, 15 months or so, roughly, is Ty Thompson going to play? Very fair question to ask because when you're going to a bowl game, you can have a couple different mentalities as a coaching staff. It can be we want to win the game because we get a little bit, little bit more money. As, as a program, if we win, we get a little bit more you know, recognition maybe because you win, you throw a trophy up in the, the trophy case for a bowl game. Like You can have that sort of approach or you can view it as a little bit more of a developmental date. Now, Bo Nix is coming back next year. Fully expect him to play. Definitely want him to play. I'll get into later in the show why Oregon wants to win this game as a whole. But I, I think there are two different scenarios where we could see Ty Thompson. Well, technically, there are three. I really hope the third one doesn't come to pass, though, where we could see Ty Thompson play in this game. Number one, if Oregon blows out North Carolina or builds a sizable lead. I don't think it'd be the worst idea in the world to get him some game reps and, you know, don't call an offense that feels limited or handcuffed because you, the, the game is an opportunity. Every game is an opportunity to grow, to improve, to get guys reps, to get your name out there as as a school and, and as a football program. But I think that when you look at this game at, at, at its core, there is a little bit of an element, though I don't entirely feel this way, of you don't have anything to lose. You just but you have a lot of things to gain. And I think if Ty Thompson's able to see the field because Oregon is blowing them out, that would be great. I think that could be useful going forward because we saw this year in a certain game I need not mention because we all remember it, where Ty was on the field and the game was still hanging in the balance and we weren't able to throw the football because we didn't feel confident in his ability to do so. Well, he's never going to be confident if he doesn't have any game reps, like he has to have some, 
you know, the, the gold standard for Oregon in, in, in the team's history, at least in my lifetime for backup quarterbacks is Brian Bennett. Go look at the games where Brian Bennett played before he had to start at home against a ranked Arizona State team or at home against an albeit bad but still conference team in Washington State in that 2011 season when Darren Thomas hurt his knee. He had played a lot before that. He had seen the field quite often. So if Oregon's quarterback room, and it looks like it will be going into 2023, is Bo Nix, Ty Thompson, Austin Novosad coming in, well, if God forbid something happens to Bo, you'd like Ty to have at least some semblance of more reps because he hasn't had very many, he hasn't had to, you know, move the ball, throw it down the field. So the first scenario where he gets in the game is yeah, maybe Oregon gets up big. Maybe they're up 24 points in the fourth quarter. 17 apparently is not enough, unfortunately, but maybe they're up 24 points in the fourth quarter. And Dan Lanning says, you know what, no matter how this game ends, we want him to get those reps. We want Bo to, you know, continue to stay healthy because this game doesn't mean anything in the big picture of things. I think on a smaller scale it does, but getting him into the game for that reason would be good. Number two, maybe they just maybe they just split the quarterbacks. Maybe maybe they just split the quarterbacks and say, we want Bo to play in the first half to continue to develop chemistry within the offense with the receivers, with the running backs, with everybody else, and continue to get those game reps against a quality opponent and know what it means to prepare for a game and go out and execute a game plan. But maybe they decide we want Ty to be able to do that too. And maybe Bo is not quite 100%. You say, yeah, let's get him out there for a half, get him some you know, more reps and everything because he's only been with this team for one year, lest we forget. Seems like a long time ago when a lot of people were upset we were bringing in Bo Nix. Fun times, but... I think that's another approach. And then the third one, I hope this doesn't come to pass, is if Oregon gets down really big in this game, which the betting markets don't expect to happen because Oregon is a 13, I think it's like 13 point favorite. It was 14 and a half. Money's moving it down. I thought 14 and a half was way too big. I do think Oregon being on the West Coast around a 10 point favorite is probably about right. I expect Oregon to win the game, but they were a double digit favorite in another game this year and it didn't go their way. So, I, I think when you look at what the game presents to at the quarterback position, I'm curious to see how the staff approaches it. Now, the most likely, the most likely thing that happens is Bo plays and Bo does well and Oregon wins, but it's not a blowout. I, I don't think they can blow out North Carolina by 21 or more because Drake May on the other side is playing. He's without his top receiving target, but Drake May is really good. And, and Oregon's past defense has been suspect this year and there's no Noah Sewell who is definitely our bets best blitzing linebacker we're going to talk about that position in in a little bit but the most likely situation but I don't think the only realistic one is Bo plays Oregon wins but it's not a blowout and he just plays the whole game but I am most curious to see if Ty Thompson gets uh gets in the game but maybe Oregon get this to to get out of hand maybe North Carolina is groggy after a trip literally all the way across the country and they and, and they don't get up for the game I don't know I don't know we will have to wait and see but I am really excited for the game because remember if, you, if you're thinking like oh well it's just a holiday bowl we wanted it to be you know a Rose Bowl or a college football playoff game something like that I understand that feeling I, I share that sentiment on some level on the other hand here's what you have to remember this is the last time we're going to watch an Oregon football game live without knowing the outcome for, mm, 
about nine months. Is my math correct there? Eh, this is like closer to eight or so. Eight and a half, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a very long time before we see Oregon play another opponent on a field, have plays to talk about, have players to watch, film to break down, which I'll, of course, be doing as best I can, all that sort of stuff. So it's an opportunity to watch the Ducks play. And I do think there are things to play for on, on, on the team side. I'll get to that later. But also... I think there are some players at position groups who could earn playing time going into next year, which might remind you all we saw last year. And if you are a small business right now, then you might be making a new hire, which might feel like a high stakes wager. Yeah, that's kind of how it always feels nowadays. And you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there, create a free job post. It's pretty easy. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So the players at position groups who could earn playing time going into next year. I, I think there are a lot of different ways that that I could go with this, and I'll get into all the ones that I think are most prominent. And I don't think it's limited to this particular scope of, of position groups and players, but I think these are the guys who are most likely to be able to, you know, show something to the staff in this game and use this as an opportunity to springboard their individual careers forward and earn themselves some playing time. And if you don't think that that's, you know, something that a staff would take into account or that, that we'd see or that coaches would use it, use as film, I'd throw you back to last year. Jeffrey Bossa had a good game, played a lot this year, struggled, but played a lot this year. Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, Chris Hudson as well had a really good game in the Alamo Bowl. So guys can make those sorts of performances and, you know, it's a chance to put non-practice film in front of your coaching staff. And this year there's going to be continuity with the coaching staff. So I think it's even more likely than, than a year ago that guys could, you know, earn some minutes or at least get on in coaches radar going into a spring pack, spring practice. So I think number one, where where you could see guys pop and really solidify themselves as starters or or major players going forward is in the defensive backfield. Christian Gonzalez is not going to play. He's getting ready for the NFL. Probably going to be a first round pick. That leaves a massive massive void on the defensive side of the ball. So if you're looking at guys like Triquez Bridges, like Dante Manning, like Jaleel Florence, who I'm very high on. Very, I, I really like what I've seen from him so far. This is a major opportunity, especially with Kyrie Jackson coming in this offseason, right? I don't believe he will be playing in this game. I don't think any of the transfers will. But that is an opportunity for guys like that to try and solidify themselves as the clear number two corner because you'd, you'd figure, I don't think it's a given necessarily, but Jackson looks like he's the sort of guy who would start at corner next year for the Ducks. I don't know why you'd bring in a player from a caliber of school like Alabama if you didn't expect him to be the starter, but 
A lot of things can change between now and then. Spring practice, the spring game, transfer portal stuff, and then fall practice, and then games begin. That's a long, long time. And this is guys' first chance to show the coaching staff what they're able to do. And you know, with, without Gonzo there, I mean, because we, we know what Gonzo was and he was the best corner and the best player in the secondary and the most consistent one. Like we knew all of those things, but let's even assume that Jack Kyrie Jackson will be a starter next year for the ducks in the secondary. There's nothing, nothing, not a single thing solidified about that number two corner slot. Nothing. So I, I think that's the biggest area because it was such a weakness at times this year and looking forward. And, and it's not just at the corners, by the way, nickelbacks, strong safety, I, I think is one where you could definitely see some, some opportunities for guys to really showcase their stuff. I'm curious to see if Jeffrey Bossa makes a move back there after his struggles at linebacker this year, but Bennett Williams isn't going to be there. We don't know if Jamal Hill is coming back. We don't know if Steve Stevens is coming back. Brian Addison probably is going to come back, but that is, again, not a sure thing at this point in time. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of change that could happen on the back end between this year to next year. But guys like TriQuest Bridges could have another really good game. I thought he was really good the second half of the season. He got picked on a bit, you know, the, the, the first few games. The BYU game I thought was pretty telling. He had a couple rough moments against Arizona, but – as the year went on and on, we didn't really hear from him very much because he was looking pretty good in coverage, but maybe they'll move him back to safety. That, that's what he was recruited as coming out of high school. So if they think he's not good enough to be a starting corner, well, maybe he's good enough to be a starting safety. He was the year before. Something to watch. Jeff, definitely something to watch. I hope Jaleel Florence plays a lot. I, 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 I hope Jaleel Florence plays a lot, either as the number three corner on, on the field or one of the stars on the outside. I think he can do either. He has that sort of body type, but I, I'm really, really high on, on his potential and what he could bring. So if he gets on the field a lot, I will be watching him very, very closely because this is a good passing attack too. You know, it, it's not like it's just a position group that's going to be in flux next year and, and has a lot of question marks for the Ducks, which as I just mentioned, it certainly does. But this is a team in North Carolina that knows how to throw the football and has a quarterback who can do that at a high level. So if you are able to showcase your skills and perform well in this environment against this team, I think that can be telling for what you're going to have at, at that position going forward. Offensive line, pr probably not as likely here because by all accounts, I believe Forsyth and Bass and Big Sala are going to play, but Maybe they get pulled a little bit earlier because they want to get ready for the draft, but maybe they want to play out their college careers. I, I, I don't know, but I, I would watch for any turnover there. Steven Jones announced that that he's coming back for his sixth season, which I, I think is a good thing. But offensive line, another one of those question marks. Actually, a lot of question marks for, for Oregon's roster going into 2023 right now. We're starting to, to fill in some of those Tetris pieces with – guys like Justin Jacobs or maybe Kyrie Jackson or the, the two offensive linemen who are coming in from Rhode Island and Texas. But I, I think the offensive line could be one. I think more likely those wide receiver because no Dante Thornton chase Coda will play in this game, but 
How much does Chase Cota play? Yeah, you, you imagine a lot. It's his last college football game. The staff, you know, probably wants to send him out on a high note. He was a great addition for the Ducks this year. He was a really good wide receiver. And I, I think that's a position that you, you could see the staff utilize. I think wide receiver is the slot where, um, not necessarily the slot wide receiver, but the position where you could see coaches most willing to try and get younger guys experience. And, and try to get him game reps. And I look for a guy like Kyler Casper, who I think has a unique body type and, and who can, you know, maybe play inside it out. Maybe he's a little more outside base, but, you know, Coda did a lot of that this year. So did Dante Thornton, certainly. So I, I wonder if we'll be able to see Kyler Casper get involved. But per, perhaps, perhaps, depending on how you're feeling about these position groups, um, even more intriguing is the t- tight end room, which I, I'm still bummed that Montevau transferred because I, I was high on the tight ends coming into this year. They were really, really good. I mean, T. Ferg's the man. He's probably going to be uh, an NFL kind of guy. And Matavau was there. McCormick, of course, is still there. Patrick Herbert. But without Matavau there, and he was the clear number two tight end, I, I, I watched for two things at that position. Number one, who steps in to take his snaps? Is it Cam McCormick? Or is it Patrick Herbert? Or are we not really sure about either sliding into that spot? And could we see maybe a lot of Kenyon Sadiq in 2023? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we see that void start to open in the pass catching department. But I'm also going to be watching for how they perform in the run blocking. Because Matavau was a good pass catcher. And he had some really nice moments, good athleticism. But he saw the field a lot. Because he's an elite run blocker. And and T Ferg is too, but that was Montevau's like specialty. He, if you go if you go watch some of the blocks he put on guys over the last couple of seasons, he has some pancakes of dudes. And not like, oh, they were caught at a bad angle or he blindsided. No, he he would just straight up run guys into the ground. He had this one block, I think it was against UCLA last year. He's pulling around on the kick out on that, you know, Joe Moorhead kind of triple option read in the flat. And he sees a guy there and he just pile drives him into the ground. Like that's the sort of blocker that that he was. And you can't discount how important that is to Oregon being successful running the football. And, and Ferguson is a great blocker as well. But you can't have just one. I mean, part of the reason that Oregon was successful running the football this year is because whichever tight end they had in the game or when they had multiple, they're all really good blockers. So between Cam McCormick and Patrick Herbert, I think either one has the capability to step up and really take that number two tight end role. But I'll be interested to see what sort of packages they use. Drew Maringer is going to be calling plays in this game. He's the tight ends coach, so maybe he wants to use them. But if anyone knows you know, what they can do best and how to deploy them most effectively, it would certainly be their position coach. Your bets may or may not be effective in this game or others. But if they are or not, eh check out bet online anyway your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball in the world cup we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is as always where the game starts Okay, so a couple more position groups uh, to watch. Re- re- really, just one. Um, one, one position group, two positions, 
defensive line, you've got no DJ Johnson in this game. By the way, as far as I've heard, Brandon Dorless is planning to play in this game. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. As Jack Sparrow said, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, continue to follow that storyline as time goes on. But defensive line, you know, if like, let's say Dorless didn't play or maybe didn't play the whole game because he didn't want to risk an injury. What sort of guys could step up? Could you see a Sir Mel's from last year? I, I think filling DJ Johnson's role is even more interesting because I think one of the guys who could be in the mix there is Anthony Jones, who we saw in a limited capacity this year as a true freshman. There were a couple of plays against Colorado. I know it was Colorado, but still a power five conference opponent where I saw him on the field and he looked the part. And then the play that, that, that he was involved with, I went, man, kind of like, kind of like what we might have there. Kind of like it. So no DJ Johnson who can step up as a pass rusher for the ducks other than Dorless. And then no, Noah Sewell. Those are two of your top three pass rushers from the year. I, I think that's a big, big question for the ducks. So a lot of bodies on there. Keon Ware Hudson. You could have Sir Mel's. You could have Anthony Jones. A lot of different guys could step up in in that area, along all parts of the defensive line, but particularly at that edge spot. I I hope Jones plays. I really liked what I saw from him this year. Uh, linebacker, of course, another huge question because Boss is in there. That's the only starter from this year. Like <laughs> Noah Sewell was our most played linebacker of the year. Justin Flo had a lot of snaps. Neither one is with the team anymore. Flo transferred to Arizona. Sewell going to the NFL. So. Is it the Jeffrey Boss of Keith Brown show? Do we see any Devin Jackson or Harrison Taggart or any other linebackers that are that are in that room? Jackson LaDuke isn't in there. We should actually see. I, I think the plan has been to redshirt Jackson and Taggart, but you can play in four games. And I don't think they have at, at this point. I have not confirmed that on, on Oregon Stats website, but that, that thought just kind of popped in my head. We could very well see those guys. But I, I think those are kind of the, the biggest areas. Defensive backfield, certainly first. You, you could actually argue. I might have had linebackers rated a bit too low there, but I think receiver and tight end and then defensive line along with the linebackers, I, I think those are the most intriguing position groups to watch for where guys could really show their stuff and earn some playing time. So I think those are... Going, going to be the biggest things to watch in, in this game from an individual player standpoint. But what is Oregon actually playing for in the game? First and foremost, I tweeted this out the other day when I saw a great video led primarily by Jackson Powers Johnson on a roller coaster, watching a dolphin jump around and all this other great stuff. Bowl games are designed to be fun, guys and girls. They're fun. They get to school some money, and that's primarily why they're played nowadays. People say, oh, there's too many. Yeah, well, if one and a half million people watch, that's still many millions of dollars that go to each school and more goes to the winner, and that helps fund a lot of things within an athletic department. So that's the first thing. And number two, they're fun. They're, they're fun. And the opportunity to watch the Ducks play is something that I look forward to. It is because I think there are a lot of things to watch and see what has potentially improved. They've had a long layoff here, and it's good practice for the coaching staff too because if they're able to get into a Rose Bowl, for instance, or a college football playoff, well, this is what the process is like. You get your team situated after the season. You you regroup. 
and you got a bunch of weeks or a bunch of days, whatever it is, to prepare for another good football team. So it's good reps for them as well. The Ducks are also playing for their third 10-win season in, in their last three full seasons. And yeah, I, I do think that matters. I, I do think that matters. I would like Oregon to be in a, in a position where they can say, yeah, last three actual seasons of college football, double-digit win program. That's a, that is not a thing that a lot of people can say. It'd be their first bowl game win since the 2020 Rose Bowl, lost in the uh, Alamo Bowl last year to Oklahoma, and then in the COVID year in the Fiesta Bowl to Iowa State. Now, is it a disaster if we lose? Hmm. No. Would I rather win? Hmm. Yeah, that too. I'd rather take a win into the offseason because the way the regular season ended, yeah, it stung big time. So I'd rather end on a high note, get to a ten, get to that ten win mark, carry whatever momentum you can get from a bowl game into the offseason, put up a crooked number. Heck, I'd love to see him put up a crooked number. I I really, really would. But do I think that's gonna happen? Probably not with where the defense is at. And I don't think it can suddenly get better, losing its best corner and best linebacker and one of its best pass rushers as well. So I think that's another reason. Like, I think North Carolina plus 13 is probably the side here. But I do feel good about the Ducks because I don't trust North Carolina's defense, and I trust Oregon's offense, especially with Bonix at the helm. But as I said at the start, very curious to see if Ty Thompson gets on the field in one way or another. I look forward to the game. I hope you all enjoy it. I will talk to you on Thursday after the game concludes. Hopefully it'll be after a Duck fixed victory, or it'll be three of four games down the stretch here that end in a loss. Man, I don't really want to do that again. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.